0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Unfriend Me, brought to you by listeners like you. If you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com slash unfriendme today.
1: Hey, bigot! The furry community is a peaceful clan of dreamers and creators! My
0: persona
1: thinks that you're the pervert for being so fascinated with my mating habits!
0: Well, <laughs> Well, if your idea of a good time is hanging out with a bunch of smelly, sweaty people in animal costumes, then I don't think I can help you. Oh,
1: yeah! Well, if you think furries are weird, then you can
2: unfriend me!
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. Ooh, I'm hearing myself like crazy on your monitor there. Oh, that's better. Oh, no, it's not. I still hear myself. Hey, it's me talking to myself. Check it out. Hey, Scott. What's up? Oh, better? Maybe? Oh, yeah, it's better. I don't hear it now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. It is Unfriend Me for Tuesday, July 24th, the 2018. And uh, we're back, Jerry, to talk about the furries today. We're talking about furries and furry culture and uh, what it's like to have a fursona What our fursonas might be. And with the help of the chat room and callers a little later in the show, we are going to turn this thing into Furry Information Central or Formation Central. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Scott. Uh, There
1: are uh, few communities (laughs) that come through with the communication like the furry community. They certainly did for this podcast. And tell you what, it was great i i in addition to my thirty minutes of googling uh I had a lot of links kind of come in over the last week so uh it, it was it was uh awesome but of course, you can email us on all of our topics at unfriendme at or unfriendme show at gmail dot com again unfriend show at gmail dot com and two weeks ago
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry about, about last week. I, was, I had a 102-degree fever and was no, in no condition to talk about furries or anything else for that matter. So, sorry about that, but we're back.
1: No problem. SeaWorld was our topic two weeks ago. Charles wrote in, Hey, I like the show, but I don't feel I can recommend it out to people who I think would enjoy it because Scott uses the word cuck once an episode. When the <laughs> don't phrase don't. libtard cuck is used... It seems to be used to undermine the opinions of conservatives by typing them uh, as people who use inflammatory language rather than having given their stance on thoughtful consideration.
0: Hold on I sent that
1: email because we didn't get a lot of email about SeaWorld.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. I want this to be very clear. When I use the phrase cuck or libtard cuck, cuck. I am not. Oh, I heard myself again. That was weird. I am not talking about conservatism, uh, conservatism, conservatism. Why does that sound wrong? Conservatism. 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 (laughs) Look, it was a rough week. I lost half my brain cells. Give me a break. Anyway, uh, it's not them I'm talking to. It's people who say that that I'm talking to. And I don't care where you lie on the political spectrum. And I don't care if you are in the left and you use a term like redneck piece of shit. I don't like that either. So that's you got it wrong, dude. This is not aimed at people with generally conservative opinions. Oh, I don't know, like people like me. I generally count myself as a sort of conservative. Depends on what we're talking about. Liberal, liberal when it comes to social issues. Very conservative when it comes to fiscal issues. And a little bit of mix of a whole bunch of stuff in between. You can't label me, damn it. And the main point here is when I make fun of the terms liberal and cuck or liberal cuck together or cuck by itself, I am dismantling those shitball words that suck so that others feel less powerful using them. And it doesn't mean I'm pointing at a specific group. I'm pointing at whoever freaking says them. That's it. It's always delightful when raging,
1: liberal, hippie Scott Johnson is correctly pegged (laughs) against me, firm, conservative voice, Justin Robert Young, yes, yeah. you are the father of three in Salt Lake City, and yep. I am the childless Bay Area resident. It is always so funny to me. Yeah. I like Stephanie. it.
0: Yes. Oh Stephanie I should, Rose.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry.
0: Me. I'm I'm doing this all out of order. Or maybe I'm doing it on order. Anyway, Stephanie says, As for blackfish go or as far as blackfish goes, they made claims that the new trainees would get to ride the wheels of their first day day of training. This isn't true. They proceeded by showing a clip of a woman riding the whale who was different than the woman telling the story. She claimed it was her in the video, but it was very very clearly not. You also have to keep in mind that any living space for an orca is smaller than the ocean. Also, wouldn't you agree that getting free, uh, sorry, free food, a predator-free living space, medical care, and all the attention in the world probably wouldn't be the most miserable thing? Well, there's a point of view. What do you think of that? I,
1: I i i have problems with blackfish i do think that it is a manipulative documentary and, and my opinion on it is that i wish that they had just kind of said what they meant which is that they don't like zoos and they don't like sea world uh but yeah i don't know i mean they listen we, we can go point by point on on why blackfish uh was manipulative uh i don't know if, if i mean i'm not an orca if I were an orca, I'd be able to be like, oh, yeah, this is great. I don't have to worry about dying at any moment. Like, I get fed. There's a fat child in front of me. He claps when I splash him. Like, this is amazing. But I'm not an orca. So I don't know. Yeah. Dan Dan, the lawyer man, writes While I'm certainly no member of PETA, I am very concerned with the per- preservation and conservation of wildlife. Hunting and fishing is a facet of that effort on my part. I definitely get the romantic notion of untouched land old growth forests, mountains and desert relatively untouched by modern scars like roads electricity etc they are beautiful but living in michigan a lot of our forest is replanted and in clear rows no joke it looks like a connect the dots puzzle from a checkerboard i firmly believe that people need a connection to the creatures that if we want to protect in order to actually care it is tough to care about an abstraction or something that only exists through david Attenborough narration And as a fortunate kid who grew up in the Midwest, my family traveled. So I got to go on whale watches, fishing charters, hikes, canoe trips, and hunts to amazing places. I hope to one day make a visit to Botswana, Antarctica, and to experience even more. I don't think that there is a way to replace zoos and then get 300 plus million Americans uh, out into oceans, forests, lakes, and streams of America, let alone globally. Most people will never get a chance to see what a live animal outside of a zoo or aquarium Save pig- pigeons, rats, and hipsters.
0: <laughs> oh, right at the end there with the with the hipsters comment. That was pretty, I I, pretty deft. I, I, I resemble that remark. Yeah, I do too. Scale wrote in, says, they aren't orcas. They are killer whales. The name is appropriate. They are bastards. Google orcas torturing seals or similar. Yeah, that's what I mean. Bastards. I actually did this. There's some pretty gnarly videos out there. Uh, but let's see. Oh, but that's just nature being nature. It's natural, he says in a sarcastic quote. Uh, bullshit. They're damned intelligent. I've seen killer whales play a game of tennis with a baby seal. They effing know what they're doing. They're pricks. Every killer whale in captivity is a killer whale that can no longer torture seals, and the world is better off for it. Little known fact, scale is an actual seal. <laughs> Oh, man, your pe- I'm so sorry about your people being used as a ball, as a tennis ball scale. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, folks, if you want to write in on friendmeshow at gmail.com, please keep them short, or I will deliberately alter your main point in uh, an effort to keep these uh, this segment as short as possible because people get mad when we spend too long talking about last
0: week. Yeah, this is all correct and true. Also, write down right now this number, 801 uh, sorry 471 0462 you're seeing it on your screen if you're listening live uh, or viewing us live if you're not write it down if you're listening in some other way 801-471-0462 that's the way you can call in today and have your voice heard on the issue of furry fandom Mm. Uh, i'm very anxious to dive into this little meal we're gonna have today so could you uh, do the honors and share with me what you learned
1: indeed as we always do we begin with a definition the furry fandom is a subculture interested in fictional anthropomorphic animal characters with human personalities and characteristics. Examples of anthropomorphic attributes include exhibiting human intelligence, facial expressions, speaking, walking on two legs, and wearing clothes.
0: <laughs> shut up. What do you mean shut up? You made that up. That isn't no. Is that really what they say? Yeah, you the two legs bit and the wearing clothes bit. Yeah, see, already I'm learning something. I didn't know that. I like think it's a pretty simple definition. Is it widely held? Like, if you, if I, uh, I've times with there are fans in our audience that are that are uh, part of furry uh, uh, communities? They don't all have the same uh, memo, do they? Aren't they all kind of? They got their own brands of stuff and their own little side project, or they've got their kind of furry fandom that they they are more into maybe one is more uh anime focused or uh uh, or inspired rather another is just purely uh i don't know i'm making stuff up now but but i thought that i thought that was it i didn't realize there was like a central pillar of understanding you
1: know all right so uh... Uh, the the uh, tacular fandom is a subculture of people interested in podcasts created by a group of people. And you're like, wait a minute! I thought they were all just uh, morning stream listeners. I thought they were all just night attack. Yes, there are all different versions of it, but this is the center that holds the, the that is the fulcrum. Is that they are interested and excited by anthropomorphic animals? So, so just to give you a sense of it, this is. You know, every DreamWorks movie, this is uh, a movie that is actually highlighted repeatedly as an early example is the old 2D animated Disney Robin Hood.
0: Yeah, I love that movie. Great movie. Love
1: it. See, look, Scott, you are already getting ever, ever closer. (laughs) But look, if if you were to get so excited about it that you would like to see other people who are replicating that kind of work. This is a community for you.
0: Okay. I'm just surprised. I mean, it sounds like it's an agreed upon central uh, pillar, as you described it.
1: Now, Scott. Yeah. I'm detecting a hesitation in your voice. (laughs) Hold on now. You are expecting (laughs) another
0: paw to drop. No, I'm not. But I do want to tie this into last week's killer whale thing real quick. They're technically mammals. Is there a subset or subdivision of furrydom where you can be a a killer whale or any other whale, any other sea mammal, for that matter, and break this walking on two legs business?
1: I think the walking on two legs is kind of a central tenet.
0: <laughs> it's the... Like
1: it has to be anthropomorphized. Does it also and, 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 and furry? You don't know what anthropomorphized is. It basically just means that you are exhibiting traits like a human.
0: Okay, so so and and the, the fur part matters. I can't just be like a narwhal or like a shaved. Uh...
1: I, I don't. Uh, you want to know what? <laughs> this is where I will definitely defer to anybody who wants
0: to write in or call it. Okay. Because
1: best I can tell, the fur is fairly essential to furries.
0: Okay. I mean, it's in the name is why I'm asking. And I, yeah. and, and we're not going to have, obviously, all the answers to this. But this is part of the problem and my hesitancy. I don't have any sour judgment towards furries in a gut reaction way, in a long-term understanding way, in any sort of way. I don't have any judgment, no feelings of weirdness. Here's what I have. Lots and lots of curiosities because I don't understand the draw so, therefore, I'm drawn to things like questions like, can I be a whale? Or is fur important? Or is, well, a, is a narwhal yeah, included?
1: Mm, mm. But those aren't the questions that you normally ask when you immediately uh, uh, talk about furries. Don't lie, don't front. You know, you have very specific judgments
0: and questions. Not judgments. I do have questions, but not judgments. Oh, I think you have judgments. Here's a a question. All all right. I'll I'll let you continue on. When we get to my question, though, I'm going to make it's going to be obvious that it's not draped and it's not coated in a thick layer of judgment. It's just it's all I've ever been told. So I don't know. So here I am to learn. Okay, so tell me more. What's the history? According to
1: fandom historian Fred Patton, the concept of furries originated at a science fiction convention in 1980 when a character drawn from Steve Galacci's Albedo Anthropomorphics started a discussion of anthropomorphic characters in science fiction novels. This led to the formation of a discussion group that met at science fiction conventions and comic conventions for years afterward. A Hobbs dog. A a, a regular for all uh, uh, Frog Pants and uh, Night Attack and Diamond Club uh, content uh, wrote in and gave us these six points. Number one, furries are, broadly speaking, fans of anthropomorphic characters. Number two, let's let's get this out of the way, because I know you guys will focus on it. Is there a sexual aspect? Frankly, yes. Humans are sexual and have sex. Furries are human. It's no different from Slave Leia costumes from Star Wars or a husband who likes his wife to dress up as, as a naughty schoolgirl or the bear community. It's just part of humanity and not the definition of the fandom. It's common visualizations that a guy is a stud, a male horse. She is a sexy cougar. Mm. Number three, the <laughs> cosplay. Mm. Yes, many furries have fursuits uh, or more commonly partials, a.k.a. a head, tail, paws, foot, paws. A good fursuit fur costs between 3000 and 5000 but you do, not, you do not need one And they are very, very, very heavy and sweaty uh, Four, tails No, Scott, they aren't butt plugs They are an accessory that attaches to your belt And it is inexpensive and a fun way to show that you're a furry Be it at a con or a get to Okay, but well, hold on, hold
0: on. I, I know these exist Because I've, I've gotten feedback from furries saying Oh, yeah, that's a thing People do that they get these. They got a. They got a, the, the the plug end. And look. And I'm looking at this. I'm not going. Ooh, look at your weird fetishy thing. I'm not doing that. I'm saying you're attaching it via a uh, butt plug into your into your anus there. You know, and your anus rings. So,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, what what what's the show you do on the? Uh, what's the show you do on the
0: weekends? Uh, depends which one. Too many of them.
1: the the, the one with you and uh, oh the D and D thing.
0: The, the Dungeons and Dragons show. Oh, yeah. yeah, there will so, be I mean, no,
1: that's that's a devil worship thing, right? No,
0: it's not. I no, mean, no.
1: because I've I've seen it. There's the, I've seen it on the news. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a devil worship thing. This is not debatable. <laughs> People really into the devil. That's why they play D&D. So, I mean, I guess that's the end of the story. right? No,
0: I don't. I'm not i am not Abe. not seeing it in this broad way that it's a thing that everyone agrees is a thing. Secondly, I don't see it as a negative thing. I just am curious about it. Like if Again, I,
1: I guess his point is, and we are gonna get into this. There, there's much more here. Uh, that furries are very sensitive about being solely defined by sexuality.
0: Oh, that I know. That I could tell you. Yes. They're
1: very, very, and so there is an essential element to the tail culture. Yeah. Based on what I read, uh, where this is a way that you can just signal to other people that this is a like-minded thing, right? And so to take something as essential as that and let's compare it roughly to you having a 12-sided die and somebody immediately thinking, oh, well, I bet you you'd really like it if that went up your butt. Uh, (laughs) That is offensive to them.
0: All right, but I'm not saying, boy, I'll bet you'd really like it if that went up your butt. What I'm saying is I have been told by people who say they are, act, you know, uh, uh, understood. Furries. Understood.
1: Again, I guess my point is just because it is ape, uh, and this is a a sensitivity in the culture, uh, yeah. uh, that yes, there is an element of this in here, and we're going to get to it.
0: Okay, but also, uh, I just want to make it clear. I think that that's a pretty, just from a practical, um, engineering standpoint, it's not a bad design. I'm just throwing it out there. I take all the sex out of it. I'm just saying, you know it's the tightest sphincter muscle in your body. I'm I'm thinking you're going to hold that tail real good. It's not going to slip off. Your belt's not going to go sideways and look funny. It just seems practical that it would work pretty well. And so I don't actually, I don't have any kind of judgment or problem about it. I just wanted to know, is that common? Let's, let's, let's go ahead and put a pin in this, because All this right. is another thing
1: that I really want to talk about when we get to the second. Yeah, one. let's pin the uh, tail on five, that. Makeup. The fandom weighs a bit heavily toward men uh, uh, and uh, on the male to female ratio. Uh, to this point it's probably a 50 50 parody it's also uh, estimated a, a uh, the furry culture is estimated 50 percent gay and the rest made up of other orientations as a whole furry culture is very accepting of any orientation gender identity race etc in fact we are very active at policing against hate and exclusion and number six furries do a lot for charity they bring in uh, tens of millions of dollars to local economies at every convention and have raised over two million for various charities Over the last 20 years. Mm. Uh, All right. Uh, Where do you want to Let's just go right into the sex stuff because this was mentioned uh, uh, by Hobbs Dog, and I do want to go back into this. All right. Uh, When compared with the general population, homosexuality and bisexuality are overrepresented in furry fandom, again, compared to the general population by a factor of 10. Uh, Of the US population, only 1.8% percent of persons self-identify as bisexual and 1.7 percent as homosexual, according to a 2011 study from scholars at UCLA. In contrast, according to four different surveys, 14 to 25 percent of fandom members report homosexuality, 37 to 52 percent report bisexuality. There is a 28 to 51 percent heterosexuality rate and a three to eight percent form of alternative sexual relationships. Uh, less typical, however, are the fandoms. LGBTQ demographics. Furries are seven times more likely than the general population to identify as transgender and about five times more likely to identify as non heterosexual. Given this uh, uh, composition, it should come as no surprise that the furry fandom is a community defined in no small part by its inclusivity. The fandom embraces norms uh, of being welcoming and non judgmental to all. Yeah, so I get that. This is where. A light turned on for me. Okay. Because let's say, theoretically, we live in a culture that is not exactly welcoming to homosexual or transgendered people. Sure. Let's say that in many cultures, small towns, for example, that it is something that you need to hide. Something that you cannot openly express. That it is not exactly a, a busy grinder town, right? You can't just <laughs> go find whoever you want by way of the ease of the internet that you would in some other larger areas. Right. And let's say, for example, that you all of a sudden had a place where not only could you meet with like-minded people that would not shun you, but let's say, for example, it might be the only time, maybe in a calendar year, that you could dare hope to possibly meet somebody for whom you could openly flirt and yes, dare to possibly have sex with. Yeah. That might create a little bit of a culture where sometimes these things happen, uh, that, that this is, that this is a, a element of it. And yet it has been portrayed as a, you know, Uh, uh, A sadomasochistic or or fetish kind of community that it is at the same in the same uh, purposes of, 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 of that. And I think that that once I read that, it's like, Oh, okay. Now, now, now I get it. This is about freedom. And mostly I just was left with the one thought, can we please just leave these gay nerds alone? (laughs) Good God. (laughs) <laughs> they have to they go to conventions and they're and they're they are identifying themselves in the way that they want. Leave the gay nerds alone, okay. please.
0: I, I uh I'm with you and I don't see how my fascination with it is is probably the same thing that some see as repulsive. When I see it, I go, whoa, 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 we're all dressing up like dressing what up. now? And do and and okay, this is a whole convention of everyone's just like dressed like cats and stuff. Like that. Strikes me is a thing that I personally don't. I'm not attracted to that, and I don't mean sexually. I don't find interest in it. It's like to me that'd be like playing Halloween every day, and I don't understand the point of it. On the other hand, I totally get being obsessed with something like Disney's Robin Hood. I love that. Um, I like.
1: So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. So so in your in your idea, the uh, furry is somebody who dresses up
0: every day. No, 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 no. But what I mean is like for somebody to say. A, there's this community. I mean, okay, well, look, let's look at it this way. If I was not who I am, let's say I was, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm a gay dude looking for, looking for like-minded people, friends, people to hang out with, yeah. uh, work opportunities, whatever it is, and then I find out, oh, there's this, there's this rad culture that's supporting m- me, and I can be there for other people. This is great. Like, I totally get that. That's awesome like 100%. If anything, they're just they're just a subset of what's already kind of nerd culture, which is yeah, a a long-time reviled group of people that want to just get together on Saturdays and play cards and nobody understands why. So, I totally get it. It's not it's not that part that's hard for me to understand. The part for me that's hard to understand is is the attraction to it. And I think maybe I could look at I don't know. I don't care about professional racquetball either. I'm not saying they're equated, but they're equated in this one way. I'm not interested in it, yet it fascinates me that there are professional leagues for that sport. But if I was into it, I wouldn't be fascinated. I'd be playing. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I think people are dealing with. The problem is you have people with, like, low emotional intelligence that see this, have the same reaction of, oh, that's not a thing I'm into. Weird. I wonder what... What? Where would I have to be to be thinking about that? And then what animal would I choose? And then I get all logistical in my head. Instead of trying to understand it, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I think a lot of people see it and go, "Ew, that's different than me." So therefore, it's weird. And also, I heard they have sex. You know, you know what I mean. So I think that's the that's the big difference. I don't have any problem with people not understanding somebody's fandom. I think that's an okay thing. Like there are parts of anime I will never understand. Sure. Um, yeah. But I don't. I don't ever want to be that guy that goes and and therefore you're weird and I'm not. And that's why I don't. I feel I feel bad for the furry, furry community because they're the victim of that a lot. Yeah. But then also I know that. Okay, here's a controversial thing I'm going to say. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. All right, Jerry, you're going to have to help me with this. Or you're going to okay, have to help um, me bury myself go. with this. All right. Isn't it better for them as a, relatively speaking, small subset of fandom to have that resistance so that they can proudly push it, grow it, show that it's cool? You Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Pushing it the light more. Like, if everyone's like, oh, Furry's cool, and walked away, I don't know. I'm Not that they're looking for growth. I I don't know how I'm trying to – see, this is why this is hard. Because I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying they're trying to sell a brand or something. But if people just completely laid off it and just did it like you would if somebody was into golf, I feel like that gives them less drawing power. Like, less people are going to find out about furry culture because they don't –
1: Sure. But I, I, and this is this gets into what I've uh, I, I found was a tremendous fear and loathing of the media. Yeah. Uh, and we are already seeing it in our trap because in this case, we are the media and we are misrepresenting uh, a furry culture. Yeah. Uh, uh for those of you who just joined us i i do very much encourage you to go back to the beginning oh I yes have, please do I, I have i have taken i have tried to do my best and please you can roast me on the phone as soon as we are done uh if i have if i have not done a good job trying to represent the furry culture but i did make it very clear at the beginning that here is the definition of furry fandom sorry not culture right uh Furry fandom is a subculture interested in fictional anthropomorphic animal characters with human uh, personalities and characteristics. Examples of anthropomorphic attributes include speaking, uh, uh, exhibiting human intelligence, facial expressions, walking on two legs and wearing clothes. That is it. Everything else, the costuming, the the interactions, the conventions, uh, and yes, even possibly even kissing somebody on the lips or going even further is outside of the fulcrum that is we're into these anthropomorphic animals dog and 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 that's the beginning middle and end of where you need to buy in to be a part of the fandom right
0: you might even be able to i could get in by saying i like star fox i could say i really dug zootopia these are examples that would get me in these are keys to the doors yes uh uh, and we also made
1: clear that they don't all have suits nor that to make a full fursuit is very expensive and it is something that you'd wear sparingly. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. So I've said it twice. So just nobody, nobody say that I only said it once. This is I want to make this very, very clear because I do want this to be friendly. I found myself uh, uh, tremendously, tremendously uh, uh, sympathetic to to uh, the furry fandom after doing all this research. Yeah. And part of it was, and there is a great. Oh man, I. I It is uh, the the biggest furry convention, uh, best I can see, is Anthrocon in Pittsburgh. Okay. I was actually familiar with this convention because, as a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, almost like clockwork, every year there would be a series in the middle of the season where the visiting team would be put up in the same hotel as Anthrocon. Okay. And you would always get stories of baseball players who by the way are among all the athletes i think baseball players specifically pros are bred to have very slow moving personalities (laughs) like they have to play a game where they stand around for most of the day sure like uh, you know so they're not exactly and and also baseball players uh, on the professional sense usually are plucked out of high school to to start playing so that's Pretty much, you know, where, where their development of the modern world kind of ended and their profession sort of began. Oh yes. Uh that it's always funny to watch the baseball players or hear the baseball players' quotes about walking through the <laughs> lobby of, of anthrocot because it, it is it is a clash of cultures. Right. But the the organizer of that did a whole talk about furries and the media. Yeah. And it is very fearful. Yeah. It is all about how every member of the media will be looking to number one, embarrass you. And number two, immediately turn the conversation to sex. Yeah. That every the first thing out of everyone's mouth is, aren't you guys there to bang? Yeah. Uh and that is where when and I know that your intentions are pure here, Scott, and I know. That you're going to give the like, no, 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 but I'm, I'm really about curiosity and I'm really about defending them and I'm really about the structural integrity of their anal ring. Uh, <laughs> but when the first thing is that, immediately, and pardon the metaphor, the ears go up and, and it becomes, well, here comes the demonization. Yeah. Here comes the misinformation. sure Here comes the embarrassment. Uh, And that is tremendously ingrained uh, uh, based on on, on the research that I did inside this culture. And it made me very, very, very sympathetic to them. Because you want to know who it reminded me of? Mm. Where I also hear almost the exact same thing? Mm. Conservative Christians! (laughs) Conservative Christians have the—I've heard almost the same arguments verbatim about the media, about the distrust of the media— about how any conversation that is brought up immediately becomes about things that are meant to reshape and demonize what, what, what they believe. And I don't think it's unique. I think that there's a lot of elements of our society that feel that they are treated unfairly by, by the media, but it was so interesting to me.
0: Yeah. By the uh, way, can, I, can, can much- I just throw out a quick correction before it goes slimy, slimy, uh, flying by in the chat? Rainbow Bryce yeah. says the first thing Scott asked about was butt plugs. No, it wasn't. Like, let's not misrepresent what's happening here. Number it one, it was the
1: first thing that you mentioned when we brought it up on TMS.
0: It was the first thing that I mentioned. No, I know, but on today's show, okay, you I'm sorry. pushed, I think you pushed my... me, you pushed me into that place so that I would have to address the thing that I was goofing around about this morning on TMS. That's not fair, chat room. That you guys are oh very good copscop bad cop i have no problem with this fandom and i don't have an obsession that it's all no, about no, sex no no no
1: no I, I, and again I, I think i think here's the here's the interesting part and after this we can open up the uh, open up the phone lines i know that what you are but, but everything that you are saying you know deep down in your heart because if there's one thing that i know you have fought your entire career for if there's one stance that you have taken literally as the guy who made the the con nertacular is that this should be the safe space for nerds. Right. This should be the safe space where you can exhibit exactly what you want. And and I know how how you've raised your kids has been you put your money where your mouth is uh, when it comes to those kind of lessons. Here's all I want to point out is that even in that, even in that, if the most colorful element of this is the thing that we are drawn to is the sexuality... That is something that is, uh, man, I don't want to use triggering, but but it is, it is uh, something that that is uh, 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 immediately brings up very, very bad feelings for that community based on the research that I
0: did. So I had a personal experience <clears throat> that I'll share that is not about sex, but it is about this issue uh, to help illustrate, at the very least, that I understand where this comes from. Yeah. Nerdtacular 2015, a banner year. Loved that year. Great year. Mm-hmm. I also was way skinny and I loved it. Anyway. <laughs> um, too skinny. You were too skinny. I'm, hey, this sickness last week boosted my uh, new diet. It's fantastic. I lost like an extra eight pounds. Anyway, the point is uh, that was the year that we had scheduled the entire event space. Maybe the first year we, we'd locked the entire thing down ourselves. But the event planning people in charge, there, Snowbird screwed up. And also had a, um, I forgot what they were, medical technician conference, something, something going on up there. Oh, yeah. So there was some crossover, but it wasn't a lot of crossover. It was a little bit of crossover. And they were very, you know, straight, lace, suit wearing, tag wearing, you know, people that are hospital uh, administrators, this kind of stuff. And very, very different than what our crowd was there for.
1: Yeah.
0: And. They I ho- overheard multiple conversations between those people at their little luncheon or s- spread off in other places. And in some cases, they would even come up and ask us what this was all about. But I heard conversations like, I think it's just a bunch of fat, sweaty nerds playing D&D and, and board games in that room over there. Like, yeah, they had it all in their heads that A, everybody's overweight. Everybody's sweaty and gross. Everybody's a giant Comic-Con nerd wearing some weird hat or T-shirt. And they're all just in there playing Magic the Gathering or freaking Dungeons and Dragons. And that's all they're here for. And I got real sensitive about that. It really bothered me. Now, A, because I'm sort of running the thing and in charge of everything. Yeah. And I know that it's not what they're saying it is. And even if it was, who gives a shit? Like, go back to your, your boring hospital job. I don't care. But yeah. also, besides You're all at this convention to cheat on your spouse. <laughs> right. And a lot of them are there to drink and, and cheat. I mean, Um, I'm just
1: saying, but but, yeah, as long as we're painting with the as as long as the broad brushes are out.
0: Yeah, the broad brushes are out. The tiny little detail brushes are put away for today, but they were they were super. Um, uh, what's the word? Word reductive about everything we were doing, and I came out of that just kind of remembering that because because it was otherwise amazing. Like one of my favorite ones we've done. Just straight up, it is my favorite one we've done. I loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. everything about it we had some controversy in the in the competition department with you and your team like that was a fantastic year. i was railroaded i know and what i what i came away with was uh, the understanding i came away with and maybe that helps here is that if you don't know about a thing and it's not immediately a mainstream thing as determined by the greater uh call them combination of media population whatever it is you're always gonna have this thing now. Whether how the people react to it is, is up to them, and if they get bigoted and jerky about it, well, then that's on them and their dicks. But you're always gonna have that thing. Like I always talk on the show. If I if I'm in a restaurant and I'm eating and I'm chilling, and I turn to the left and I see a dude lean over and kiss a dude, it, I'm I'm immediately like, oh. Oh, okay, <sighs> okay, it's fine. The same joke I made last. I time. know you made the same joke, and whatever. This is also part. Bill Burr does this in his routine, talks about it a little bit, and it, it, I can relate to it because I see it, and because it's not the norm, it's not happening constantly. Uh, because of where I live or whatever reasons you want to apply to it, it, it's like, oh, right, right, differences. That's different than me okay good I'm fine everything's fine it's not like bad it's just it pulls you out so if I walked into a room and it was just nothing like if I walked into a room just haphazardly in a hotel and it's nothing but people dressed in furry cosplay play having drinks telling jokes having a good time it's impossible for me not to have that initial oh oh okay oh I got it do you understand what I'm saying? And I think it's bad oh, if we I... vilify those people too much because you're never going to gain the understanding you want Understood. if you push them away so hard and far that they're not even left with their own reactions. They have to be able to feel something. I, I, I understand what you're saying, and we should open the calls right after
1: this. Here's okay. all I will add to that. I know that your heart is pure on this. Well, I, I, I feel very confident. However, empathy to me... Is not understanding how we feel; it's understanding how the other person feels. Oh yeah. And with furries, bringing up the sex stuff, like in it before you've kind of demonstrated that you are, you know, dealing with this in good faith, well, is a bad way to start a conversation. Completely agree. No matter no matter where no matter where your heart <laughs> is, their heart closes. When that's the first when when it immediately jumps to to yiffing,
0: yeah, it's like saying, oh you're is that the term for it I've never heard it is that what that is uh
1: yes no oh. that, yeah, that is that is the, the the the
0: term for furry sex it sounds like a pejorative yeah. is it? it sounds mean is it mean
1: uh, I don't know if it's fallen out of favor at least as in 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 the research that i did i I can't speak to the the beating pulse of furry culture, but uh uh I did uh uh, I, I, I think that it is, I think that it is, oh,
0: uh, uh, well, okay. So, so, so two things, two things I would never, we'll things. open the phones here in a sec. I would never, I would never start a conversation yeah. with anyone of any kind of with, that started with, don't you guys just have sex a, because that's weird and embarrassing and too forward and B I don't care. Your sex life is your own and not mine and so's mine. And you don't get to, you don't get to come ask me that either. So, so for me, that's not ever an issue. It's what's funny is I don't even when you talk about furries, people think I'm lying about this because I'm I like to make jokes and I phrase things poorly. But I just I, I'm just curious about the whole dressing up and having a whole convention about it. That's it. I don't I'm not going. And do they do it?
1: No, 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 and again, that uh, this is uh, i'm 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 saying that I think that everything that you're saying exactly should be taken at face value because i I do think that it's it's true uh you are genuinely interested in it, and if we really want to dig, if we really want to dig my I have a theory on why people are so fascinated with furry sex, and it's the same reason why. All the biggest uh, 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 gay porn uh, uh, usage is in red states. (laughs) I think that (laughs) that furries are uh, uh, furries are a way for the normies to explore things that they might not otherwise explore.
0: Right. Uh,
1: uh, That it is it is a way that you can eat and, and, and it can come off as derisive and snide. Or, or that you're lording over somebody, but if we're, if I were to take a wild guess as to why it happened, I would say that it's because, well, they're peanut butter and (laughs) jelly.
0: And by the way, for the record, chat room's like, just imagine a convention with, uh, you know, Overwatch costumes and. And Deadpool and Well, here's here's the other, other thing
1: about nerd sex is like Dragon Con has an international reputation that this is a place where nerds go to bank. Yeah. And it's and it's cool amongst nerd folk. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're gonna go to Dragon Con. And next thing you know, I'm gonna wake up with a you know, a, whoever, uh uh, you know, probably Deadpool.
0: let's str- be honest, 90% <laughs> of the costumes. that's right. But like there's a you're gonna you're gonna find you're gonna find a a stormtrooper in bed with a Doctor Who, like that's that's but, a but
1: you want to know what? At the end of the day, in that's known, there's a song go ahead, and Google the song Marriott Sea Squat, but go ahead and put a doc Ock on the end of the sea. Uh, they uh, 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 it's all about that. And yet, Dragon Con in popular mainstream culture is more known for costumes. Wow, what a collection of fans, things that are are a little bit more mainstream. And family-friendly appropriate,
0: Right. And I'm just telling you that if I walked into a room and everyone in the room was wearing a fruit costume, let's say a banana. Here, over here is a bunch of grapes, like the Fruit of the Loom guys. But a whole convention full of them, I would again go, oh, okay, well, I would like to know what this is about. <laughs> that would be what I would do. And yeah. I, want, I just want people to know that that's an okay thing. It's not in their realm, so they don't know yet. I've had people watch over my shoulder as I play Overwatch and make the same reaction. Oh, my gosh. How do you even know what this is? How do you do? you What are you doing? What is it? Well, I can't tell what's happening. This is just chaos. And I look at it and go, no, I'm shooting the dude. He ran over there, hit back. You know, but
1: imagine if they started every conversation
0: with aren't you a bird? I know. And that's... Your point stands. It would kind of get your goat after a while, wouldn't it? No, you're right. Your point. I think. By the way, stands. my persona a goat. Oh no, that doesn't shock me at all. Mine was uh, what was mine? <laughs> panther. Yeah, you're a black panther. Somebody actually did a, did a, a, an illustration, which I was very excited. Yeah, about. but why did they cry? They kind of gouged out my genital area. Why did no, they do that? No, you
1: were the one who just again you you, just, you zoomed in on your genital area. Like, I'm an
0: artist. I pay attention to visual arts. I watch. I look at this stuff carefully, and this. This panther, otherwise rendered, had this one spot right between its legs that was look. It looked like, like it's seeing a serial killer movie where somebody's got it on the wall and they went, yeah, "I gotta cross out the junk," like that kind of thing. couldn't figure uh, it out. All right. Can we open up the phones? Phones are now? open. Eight zero one seven. Sorry. Eight zero one four seven one zero four six two. Phones are open. You can call now at eight zero one four seven one zero four six two. And uh, Share your thoughts. This is a big, open, friendly place. If you call in uh, with whatever your question is, it will be respected. We will give you time to explain yourself one direction or the other, and we very much look forward to it. Uh, we got one coming in right now. Let's see who this is. Hi, you're on the air. Who are we talking to?
2: Hey, this is Wynn.
0: Hey, Wynn. What's going on? Oh, so, I was really hoping that you would call. I'm glad that you did.
2: I did. <laughs> That's fantastic.
0: What's your uh, What's your take on all this business?
2: Um, I made a couple notes first. Not all oh. furries have fur. Okay. Oh, oh, no, that's good. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, this is okay, good. good.
0: Oh, hold on. Before you go any further, like lizards and that kind of stuff, or what are we talking about? Cause I, I would want to change my thing from Panther to lizard if I can.
2: Yeah. There's sub subcultures within the furry fandom, like scalies is oh. a term that goes around, all right. um, which often are like dragons, lizards, snakes, that sort of thing. It's just it's that type of animal anthropomorphized. Okay, okay. and so, so same deal. Um,
0: same deal, just not necessarily in the main sort of mammalian, uh, you know, normal. Yeah, I say normal, but yeah, like the like the core idea that you're a you're a furry animal from the from the forest, and you're a fox, and you're standing upright, and you talk like a dude.
2: Yeah, All right. And the the when the furry fandom started in the late seventies, early eighties, it was this Silly or silly cartoon animal fandom, which is really just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Yeah. do you... So it, what is it advanced
0: it, into? What would you say is more of the uh, more of the inspiration for the anthropomorphized side of it these days? Um, a
2: lot of that came or a lot back then. It came from stuff like the Bugs Bunny cartoons, uh, Felix the Cat, at, and enjoying. There, there's some adult cartoons of that period too that were anthropomorphic animals, and look at Betty Boop, for example, mm-hmm. you
0: know,
2: who's a who's a dog. It's just that that period, an appreciation of anthropomorphized animals of that period. Did, and
0: Jerry, did you know that she was a? I didn't know she was a dog. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Betty Boop. Betty Boop. Yeah. Am I Eddie getting, Boop's a dog? Am I getting that right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, if you, if, if you look, look it up, if she started out as dog. She, they may have changed it later like they did with uh, Hello Kitty, who's now, oh, I guess, yeah. a, a little girl in a cat suit.
0: Oh, is that the case? I see. This is all new information for me. I assume that oh, Hello Oh, also, I
2: found it
1: on, on on the toys that made us that uh, Hello Kitty is British.
0: Oh, what?
1: Not like Japanese. It was made in Japan, but but Hello Kitty, like her story is that she's British and she plays piano.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. This is news. It All right. Well, it shows what we know. Uh, thanks for the call, Win. Anyone uh, want to add to that? Please call in 801 eight zero one four seven one zero four six two. I feel like I'm learning stuff here. I didn't know any of that stuff. I had no uh, idea. Oh yeah,
1: and and I guess uh, Hello Kitty is not a cat.
0: Oh. Well, wait a minute.
1: She just looks like a cat because she also
0: has a cat. It's like a weird goofy Pluto kind of thing. Right, but it's what's the name is it have a name other than Hello Kitty? Uh
1: the the cat that Hello Kitty owns? Oh.
0: Well what it No, Hello Kitty's is mean, Hello I Kitty. Th-
1: I think she does have a name. Does yeah. Hello
0: Kitty have a name? Is is it Hello, Hello is it, Kitty? Okay, yeah. so Hello Kitty Hello, is the name of the thing that isn't a cat. Yeah. But it owns a cat yeah it is it identifies female so it, yes Man, I'm and it's
1: british and it plays piano look it up on the, this is not the hello kitty
0: <laughs> show maybe we should do a follow-up for yeah the she's patrons. a little girl she's not a cat okay that's fine my sisters were obsessed with that growing up that's all they wanted in their life
1: uh they would dig uh uh the, that 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 doc is 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 really well
0: done are people, anyone in the chat want to share either via... You can say it in the chat if, you, if you're scared to call in, but if you call in, I'd like that too. But can any of you speak to the connection of all of this to the, the uh, My Little Pony sort of explosion?
1: You want to know what? That's interesting because I did... I think that there is certainly a crossover uh, and there was... Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious as to if somebody else could 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 speak to it. But uh, I, I think that that was just there was not a big hit, a big furry hit. Like a lot of fandoms are centered around popular culture. Right. You know, their television shows, movies, comics, right. books, stuff like that. Right. And there had not been a gigantic uh, a, a gigantic thing. So I would just kind of assume that uh, on the base level that, yeah, my little pony is just eight an anthropomorphized animal franchise. Right. And so it had a well-regarded popular new version and therefore, you know, the, the, the kind of brony sort of cultures there, but I, I would, I would categorize it. If I'm going to guess, right. I'm not speaking as any kind of expert, but if I were to guess, I would guess that there is a through line, but that Venn diagram is not totally eclipsed into one uh in, in, in into one big
2: you know circle.
0: Sure. I, and none of us are psychologists or or you know human human behavioralists or any of that sort of thing, but I always wonder why what is it about, for example, that show that especially the modern incarnation of that show that really propelled that community forward and created that subculture in that community versus say any other popular cartoon of the day. Like, I don't I don't see anybody... The Powerpuff Girls didn't create a, a huge Powerpuff Girls sub, subculture. Um, it's a well-regarded cartoon, but that's just about it. Then you have something like, say, SpongeBob. While it didn't meet, make everybody want to go dress in a sponge costume or something like that, what it did instead was it became the great meme generator of 2018 and beyond in a way that no one saw coming. So I'm always interested in that. Like, why... My Little Pony and not uh, What's-His-Name's House for Fantastic Friends or whatever the hell that was called. Or why not, you know, why wasn't Ren and Stimpy a huge weird... Well, but
1: then again, there's also the question of, like, how much do we know about a fandom of anything, and then how much do we know when it becomes a media story? Right. Because Bronies, to me, became something that came on my radar because it was Man Bites dog. A large male fan base for what is traditionally understood as a little girl's uh, uh, property, right? You know that right. is. Oh well, I wonder what's going on with this. We go to Drake on the scene, Drake. <laughs> like, uh, uh th- that's that's <laughs> where it's it, it has a news value. But I wouldn't know if there was ten thousand people that showed at Brennan's StimpyCon Con, or or that showed up at at, at another. Version where everybody just wanted to talk and listen to the voice actors tell stories from, you know, or the, or the creator, you know, read a new script from the upcoming season.
0: SpongeCon for SpongeBob—that's probably a bad idea. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? So Bronies. Oh, oh <laughs> hey, I cut you off before you had Brony talk. What, uh, what were you going to tell us?
2: Well, Bronies are just another part of the scale of, of the whole furry fandom on there. In the with the current generation of My Little Pony. One of the strengths of the show is they leave a lot of openness to the fans to inject themselves into it. And it's it makes for a very positive community, Um, really looking at accepting people and making friendships and stuff. And that's where a lot of people get in. And that's a lot of overlap with the furry fandom, as Jerry pointed out earlier, where... The furry fandom is also a very inclusive community as well. Sure. And so you you see a lot of overlap with that. And that also brings up. Go ahead. That brings a minor or off thing on there, not fandom. er, Anyways, that you kept saying, furries walk on two legs. MLP falls into the, the closest. Closer to the animal side of anthropomorphics, they have human-like thinking, human-like expressions, and stuff. But they, their bodies are more animals and stuff. It's still anthropomorphized. animals. Okay. So. Here's my, here's a here's so a question
0: for you, and I don't want people to be think I'm being flippant here, but I'm actually genuinely mm-hmm. concerned or concerned, uh, curious. Jury and I decide. Ah, you know what? In 2019, we're going to seek out the biggest. Maybe it's Pittsburgh. We're going to go to that furry convention, AnthroCon. AnthroCon. And, mm-hmm. but, but we've decided that we are not just, you know, he's not just a goat and I'm not just a Panther or whatever. Uh, he and I are going to go as a, as a, as a horse. And one of us is going to be the back end of that horse. And one of us is going to be the front end of that horse. <laughs> is that a thing you do? Can you do that? Can you pair up? Is it that um, kind of cosplaying, or is it, is it more important that you are a individual in that,
2: in that world? That's really up to you. A mm. lot there are people who've done some amazing feats of engineering when it comes to those costumes, Um, especially stuff like centaur costumes and such that just mind-blowingly. Wow. What they do so they can stay individual. Yeah. I'm sure there's those who work as teams on there just because of limits of their engineering abilities or whatever.
0: Sure. I mean, it took, it took what, like eight tiny people to run job of the hut or something. Ah, it's a joke I always make, and it's not true at all. It was like three regular dudes. I just like to throw it out there that there were eight tiny people inside Job of the Hut. Anyway, Justin, you want to be the ass end or the front end of my horse? What do you want to do?
1: I mean, I don't know. Are we that close? Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that would be a real bond between, between, between the two of us. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And also, it depends on who has a cleaner diet.
0: Because, yeah, so I'm thinking uh, I'll be in one front. One of us
1: is going to have to be right at ground zero
0: for some <laughs> con fights. Do not so know I'm how. I'm just going to say. The, yeah. the
1: person, the person who's the head, is eating oatmeal for breakfast. That's all, that's, <laughs> not, no, no big breakfast for the person who's the head of that.
0: That's horse. a great idea. Um, well, when any other, uh, uh, to, you have some other stuff on your list there.
2: To answer your question, and um, a lot of people do prefer to keep their individuality. And I will just say one last thing: Albedo, which you brought up, from, or Jerry brought up from Steve Groth Gal- Kelsey, amazing yeah. space opera. It, it is. It, it it's basically kind of uh Babylon Five with Furry. Okay. Um so if you ever want to look up that comic, it was one of my favorites. It's an amazing space opera. Now leave it with that. Have a good all one, all right, guys. See you man.
0: So, thank you, thank you, thank you, Wynn. Yeah. So I find all, this, find all this additionally fascinating. I was already fascinated by all of this stuff because I like stuff to be a fan of, man. I wanna you know See, and that's and that's I think where you get
1: you get you get the raw connection. Yeah, is that? uh And by raw, I mean like that it's irritated on on both sides because every time that you bring it up, you're like, "Oh my god, what a fascinating." Yeah, sub-culture. I know. I'm, I'm treating it's got it things, like it's, got it's that. Yeah, but like, uh, 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 but it also has this, yeah. and as soon as that comes out, that's when. You know that 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 that's when that's when the I, the everybody's on the defense.
0: And I don't want to make uh, I don't want to make it look like or make it sound like I'm just pointing at a specimen, going fascinating. Look at this weird thing I found. Like, I I don't mean it like that. Um, and, and we've been through that. But I uh, the other the other thing that I think is interesting is that it's very individualized. So at Dragon Con, you're going to see, <clears throat> as an example, a crap ton of let's say, uh deadpools okay because that's there's always a million deadpools so you go there and you see a whole bunch of deadpools well yeah. they're all being a they're all being fans and showing fandom and creating a thing and being a thing that is that is another character that they like this all seems way more focused on uh your own coming up with your own so you if it was superheroes it'd be your own hero and his own powers and not just derivative of some other Marvel DC thing. Yeah. Uh, and I like that like, a lot. Like it's a very personalized kind of fandom, even, even separating itself a little bit from Brony con or Brony uh stuff, uh, culture, because it seems like there's a, that's a mix. You'll have people who are like, yeah. well, here's the pony I would be. And its name is, you know, sprinkle puff, uh, double bags <laughs> or, or whatever. And then, Classic <laughs> and then the other, you know, somebody else might actually be one of the real ones from the show and you'll have a mix yeah. like that. Sprinkle, but in, <laughs> Sprinkle puff single bags. <laughs> old single bags and double bags finally hanging out together. But anyway, I, I I hope that makes sense. I admire that. I admire the individuality that's on display because that takes a lot of creativity. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's a crossover from what you were saying earlier about D&D players who really take the role playing seriously. And we yeah. do some role playing on our show on Saturdays. It's not entirely and we do a lot of stuff for laughs and whatever but we also get into character we've had some poignant moments of of real story and and it's us living out a role it's not really that different yeah in fact it's a lot less I have to I mean I'll just admit it's less work than the work a a furry would do to you know craft their own their own costumes and you know go through all of that rigmarole all I gotta do is sit at a table and throw dice and make a funny voice once in a while
1: so wolfish dev here in our chat says that a lot of us are drawn to the fandom because we're awkward and yet the fandom tends to accept everybody it helps break the ice people or it helps people with issues anxiety autism etc., to meet others and make friends and form healthy relationships oh and that's that again is where you know it, it's I, I i gained a tremendous admiration for furry fandom in in researching this episode and i think i understood not only you know anything that i didn't understand about their you know the the whole uh mood of it but but also some of the uh the the the, the quick draw of defensiveness is right. that something that i think i've certainly experienced uh and i didn't quite grok. you know i didn't quite understand why that was why that was there, and I think I do understand it a lot more now. One of the things that was sent that I referenced earlier, uh, Uncle and I, I, I'm almost positive it's Kagi. Uncle Kagi's Furries and the Media is the talk. Uh, it's about an hour long, but I would I'll tell you what I thought I was gonna uh, uh skip around on it. I wanted up watching a, a fair amount of it, uh, but that will give you an idea of somebody who's been around that fandom for a very, very long time uh, and has had to deal with not only the city of Pittsburgh, but the city of Pittsburgh's media to help shape a positive image and how much of a challenge that is. I found that fascinating. So I'd highly recommend it. Uncle Keggy's furries and the media.
0: And as a, as a cap off point, I would mention that, uh, this sort of doesn't end here. Uh, you guys can email us and tell us what you think. What are the things we've missed? What is the stuff that you feel like we didn't emphasize or, uh, overemphasized here on the show today? You can do that with the email address, unfriendme.show at gmail.com. If it's easier, you can go to the website, frogpants.com slash unfriend me and click on the contact link. That'll get you there as well. And as always, every episode has its own show notes and a place for you to comment and create threads if you are uh, preferring to do that. Um, I guess that's it. What are you, uh, what's our plan next week? I haven't even thought about it. What are we doing? What's our oh, deal? Man, I'll tell you, I didn't even. I literally, I'm just <laughs> scrambling right now. Oh um, man! Um, hey, should
1: we do? Should we do some light stuff?
0: Okay. Uh, I see on the light list we have abortion. And oh stop it oh no no, no. okay no we're not doing it until we get paid all right <laughs> we gotta hit a certain level all right uh you tell me kagi,
1: what. not kagi oh. kagi K A, uh yeah kagi that's uh that's what it is all right how about uh uh oh you want to know something that we haven't done this would be a good one mm. spoiler
0: <gasps> oh i love that idea how it's about got, spoilers? It's got a great connection to um, uh, the the etymology of the show. Uh, it, we both are people who enjoy uh, modern entertainment and talking about it, and sometimes sharing spoilers. But we've never talked about the psychology of actual spoilers. Can you be spoiled? Are you being? Are you tricking yourself into thinking that even matters? Isn't it more enjoyable once it's spoiled, based on some recent uh, the birth
1: the birth of spoiler culture?
0: Yeah, this is big. I think this could be not only lighter fare uh but f- it could get contentious this could be interesting so uh yes spoilers we're gonna fight week. it's gonna be great that's an awesome one i love it uh so come back back or whack for that don't come whack for that <laughs> Don't it's don't whack for phrasing freezing um again the website that's all
1: those podcast listeners just <laughs>
0: jacking off while they're listening to their podcast that's right uh, so unfriend me uh, oh you listen to podcasts you jack off do you yeah <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's gonna do it, <laughs> Justin. Anything going on we should talk about before we send the folks uh, on their way? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, just go ahead and follow me on Twitter at
1: Justin Young. I'd love to hear. I, I love the furry community. Hit me up at Justin Young. Uh, uh, please let me know that I didn't totally defame your entire community because uh, I was very nervous about doing
0: that. I think so, you so. did just fine. And um, for the record, him him dressed up like a Pokemon is not. Is not for you, you're not a furry just because you did that. You did you were a cosplayer that time that you did that?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, technically, I was a credentialed member of the media, but, uh, <laughs> sure.
0: And our my very own Mike Lee representative here in Utah would not talk to you as a result. No, yeah. he would not. He yeah. would
1: not talk to me. Uh, neither would uh, our current. Uh, security advisor, John Bolton. John oh, Bolton, John Bolton, uh, Bolton. Really? John Bolton refused to talk to me in a, in a Pokemon
0: outfit. <laughs> wow. What a shock. Uh, anyway, uh, so there's that. Go do that. And you can also check out the website, uh, frogpants.com slash There's all kinds of links. We have a t-shirt that we sell. If you want to check that out. But most importantly, we have a Patreon and that's where your help is most needed. Patreon.com slash uh, means a great deal to us to those, uh, to those, us for those who have already supported us. And if you haven't considered it before, think about it. Do you find this stuff entertaining? Do you find it helpful, informative, any of that? Well, let us know, and one day we'll get to abortion. Uh, <sighs> I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think that's going to do let's, it.
1: Let's, let's try to do two episodes in a row on time, <laughs> and then we can maybe get to
0: abortion. Yeah, we'll be all right. Uh, sorry about sickness last week, everybody. It's all good moving forward. Don't worry. Uh, next week. Spoilers. <laughs> After that, who knows? Lord only, knows, Lord how much only we, knows how much we love you. All right. That was a song I was trying to do. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Justin R. Young on Twitter. Scott Johnson on Twitter. The show is not on Twitter, but you'll find us, and that's enough. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Justin, for all of you. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye, unfriends.
1: Bye, unfriends. Hey, unfriends, go away. Come back next week.